Hello and welcome to episode two of the Exit 6 podcast. Submissions are still open and the regular deadline is on the 12th of June and you can submit your film for just $16. In episode one, you heard us discussing three of last year's Judges 6. That was Five Star Fawood, The Sermon and Super Recognizer. In this episode, we'll be continuing the discussion, this time including It's Not Custard, Spinosaurus and the best film winner in Wonderland. You will also be hearing from our 2018 guest judge, Bern Gorman. Enjoy. So here we are again, back in the pod studio to discuss the second half of the top six of 2018. So I'm here again with Paul and Carl. Hello, I'm Paul Anderson. No, not that one. I told you I'd do that joke again. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, Yeah, so I'm submissions coordinator uh, this year and was on the judging panel last year and back on the judging panel this year. So it's very exciting to be here and thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Carl Austin. Um, I'm not going to do that joke again, but I I have been the creative director from Exit 6 since day one. Uh, I've also been a judge since day one um, and I'm a judge again this year. Brilliant. Let's get started. So... uh, We'll start with It's Not Custard by Kate McCoad, the um, fantasy comedy starring Charlotte Luxford. And just give you a synopsis, uh, Louise, <laughs> Louise, a teenager suffering unrelenting acne and continual bullying, is granted a delicious revenge. It's not a custard. It's not delicious. No. <laughs> well, without giving up too much away. It's no. Disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> this is, is a very, very funny, disgust, very disgusting uh, short with the most incredible sets. And it's hard to talk yeah. about this, actually, because... Without spoiling it. Yeah, we don't want to give away any spoilers because it's a big joke and the punchline is... There's not a lot in film that turns my stomach, I have to say, because yeah. we were talking on the last show about me being like a horror fan and I've, I've, anything that's controversial, anything that's banned anywhere, I'll try and seek it out. So I've got, quite a, I've got a strong stomach for gore and disgusting things on screen. Uh, this turned my stomach. <laughs> like, like, in a good way. In a good way, yeah. yeah, not, yeah. It's funny. In, it's very, very funny, but in terms of it's very, it's disgustingly funny. But yeah, it was just like, oh, what, oh no way, what's going on? And then you start laughing, and yeah. then you keep laughing. Um, so it's a, it's a great concept. But it's, the reason it's so funny is the build-up to it. It's, 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 you've, I mean, it's funny throughout. It's not just funny at the sort of crux of it. It's, you've got this amazing voiceover from this sort of, his uh, uh, name, Donald Cox. The, the narrator. The narrator, yeah. yeah he's, he's kind of describing what's happening and the girl is obviously being bullied and uh, when she's not being bullied you feel, really feel yeah brilliant yeah this is great and that's why it's funny you know, what I, real great build up what I loved about the narrator is that he's telling the story but even what he's seeing what we're seeing he's surprised by it's like he doesn't know this yeah. full story yeah. and, he, <laughs> and he's then starting to say what we're all thinking as yeah. an audience member so I thought the um, the storytelling in this was really really well done and something quite original it's not something I've seen you don't really get films that are narrated so much nowadays um, and and this one I would say he was uh, almost like a, as much of a lead character as um, as I, I Charlotte think I would Luxford. agree with that I can't I, as much as I think the, the lead performance was great and some of the effects work, again, trying not to spoil it here, was really, really good. I don't think the film would have worked as well without the narrator as a part of it. The more, Again, the more I've watched this, the more I think that that narrator is an integral part of why this it works is. that well, I think. Interesting, so I, I was watching, um, I looked on Kate's website before we sort of uh, did this, I did my research this week. Good. And, uh, <laughs> Kate's got like a, a tutorial of how to do the effects, sort of the, the, the skin effects on that. 
And that's just as gross as, as, okay, as the well, yeah. film. <laughs> so if you want to check that out, check out Kate's website. Is that a website or YouTube or both? It's on both. It's a YouTube link on her website. But I think it was for me. It was probably the one of the funniest. There was there was a few comedies that that were good that were of a high standard. I think this this probably jumped out at me because of its originality. <laughs> I think we put this right before the end of the first block. So it was one of those ones that people were talking about in the bar. Well, I'm pleased to say we've got some audio with uh, Rob Hayes, our host for that block, um, talking to actress Charlotte Luxford. Right, so the first question that has to be, uh, how much fun was that? <laughs> oh, so much fun. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a ridiculous three days. Spent, I think we spent about a day and a half in front of the wall. Right. Um, yeah. Just <laughs> covered and like squeezing all these things. Yeah. And yeah, just, I can't, it, it was carnage. It was just right. <laughs> watch it on screen. It's quite mm. quite difficult uh, to watch your places. But like as an actress, was it a bit of a struggle? Did you feel slightly sickened by it, or did you just enjoy every minute of it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'll never look at custard in no. the same way again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was really fun because they're all prosthetics. Um, so Waldo Mason, who's our prosthetics artist, was behind the wall squeezing the stuff yeah. out at me and um the scene where uh, well here where he says oh no not in the eye it, there was an airlock and it actually just went <laughs> straight in my <laughs> eye and i was just there like oh, oh no what do i do and then it's en it's ended up in there wow. but um yeah so it was just it was so much fun going back a bit before in terms of the casting process how did the, the how did the role come about so my agent contacted me about it back in 2014 and sent me the script and said, um, Kate's asked you to audition, do you like the script? Um, and I kind of, I really related to Louise because I had acne close to that when I was a teenager. So um, I wasn't bullied quite so relentlessly as Louise is, but there was a kind of connection there. And yeah, I just kind of really wanted to, to do the project. It sounded <laughs> really fun. So yeah, and then I sort of got on board in about November 2014, and then we shot it in January 2015. And I can imagine you're very happy yeah. that that did happen because it's, it turns out to be an amazing film and very yeah. funny, yeah. if not slightly uncomfortable in places. Yes. <laughs> um, so, what's next uh, for you? Any sort of other sort of roles coming up on the pipeline? Yeah, I'm potentially uh, doing a feature next year in Japan, um, but it's still, I can't really say too much about okay. it. So, yeah, so that's kind of next for me. And um, I think uh, It's Not Custard is going to the Sick and Wrong Festival in <laughs> in Florida. So uh, that'll be next in November. <laughs> <Excellent>. so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, well, thank you again for coming along and wish all your best with, uh, with the feature yeah. film next year. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Thank you for having us. Now, from the audio, um, you've probably guessed there was a lot of custard on set. Just after watching that film, would you be turning back to custard? Or, no, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Put you off it for a while. We had, it's been Christmas between the, the actual uh, watching this originally and then and now, so I've had custard over. Oh, good, good. You're, you're back <laughs> on the custard train. You're a Brilliant. So we'll now move on to... Spinosaurus. Now I've particularly got a, a bit of a soft spot for this film um, and I was really pleased to find out that Tessa Hoff, the, the director of this drama, um, she's 
gone on to do some really, really interesting things. Um, unfortunately, you can't see Spinosaurus on YouTube, but you can see it on British Airways. It's on their flight program. So if anyone's... Really? That's a, yeah. a outlet for short films. Yeah. 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 And I've heard it yeah. talked about on other um, podcasts who very occasionally talk about short films. It's a bit, bit of a part of the film industry. Not, people, not a lot of people talk about, but... Yeah, British Airways have started uh, showing a few shorts, which is really, really interesting. Um, but Tessa Hoff has also gone on to um, direct two episodes of the YouTube original series, Wayne. I just recommend everyone to watch it. It's, it's written by the writers of Deadpool. Okay. Very violent, very funny. Um, but this one's got an awful lot of heart. And this is where Tessa was so suited to direct two of the mm. episodes. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. So going back to Spinosaurus, um, this one um, we see a young girl who cares for her younger brother at home while she awaits her mother's return. And that's just such a small part of this story. I think um, the, the, the young girl, Georgia, is basically a carer for her little brother and her mother who's clearly very, very ill. You never quite know why or what, but it's really about the relationship between the brother and sister and how much of a mother-sister Georgia is to him mm. so I, I could I've watched this few, quite a few times and I've cried every time I'm not, <laughs> not afraid to to um, to admit that and I've laughed a lot as well the little boy Enzo in it is so funny he's great he's yeah. really really good Sprinkles. what are your thoughts yes yeah, and his little song he does over the end credits as well is, uh, is a yeah. delight yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it as well I, I, it's one of them things that when when you're judging films and you see kids young kids come up and you think this could either be brilliant or really bad because kids, you know, it's so hard to get them to do, well, one, be be, be good and be natural at the same mm. time, you know, and, and she, this, this film just does it. It's, it's, it's so well put together. It's like you say, it's got that perfect balance of um, warmth, humour, and, and, you know, and, and the storyline is just so... Absolute heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, proper so, devastating yeah. stuff. So, yeah, yeah like, when, when, when we're sort of judging these films, we... we, we, we we were apprehensive of the, the, the ones with kids and we just can't yeah but this one does it yeah it really does it it's one of the ones i think that stood out for i think there was there was a few there was a bit more discussion on uh, in the judging process you tend to find that some of them stand out and everyone unanimously just went yes spinosaurus was was superb yeah and no one had to be won over by this there wasn't there wasn't like a sermon situation where you were like oh no but maybe i'll get it from you know where yeah. i'm coming from it was i think everyone just put their hands up we're like yes yeah, spinosaurus goes into the top six yeah. i think it was one of the one of the first ones we put through if i remember rightly i yeah. might be wrong but it was one of the no yeah. no-brainers for us wasn't yeah, it because it had the the cinematography the locations the, the the performances the writing i would love to know actually um just how much um enzo was scripted because he's so natural. It's like a, it was like a real conversation between him and and Georgia. But then Georgia's performance, there was a lot of stuff where she doesn't say a word. It's just her expression on her face, and you can read her mind. You know what she's yeah. thinking. And I thought her performance was absolutely out of this world for such a young person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. She really did she, an incredible she, I mean, job. She, she, she's carrying the film really. I mean, mm. Enzo, like you said, I think. To me, it seems like a lot of his is probably just natural. He's talking about pizza toppings for a <laughs> yeah, big part. Yeah, the, the, the sprinkles, the green sprinkles. Yeah, exactly. And, but that puts the film into this sort of, you know, it's it's more realistic because of that. And uh, mm. the, 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 the script is kind of helping develop the narrative. Well, this is the kind of thing that I think in the wrong hands could have been very overwrought exactly. and like very on the nose from the get-go. I think, it is in it, again, it's nice that it strikes the balance, as you said, between comedy and heartbreak. And I think, yeah, it's... it's 
difficult to make something yeah. like this that isn't so sort of overwrought and on the nose. I just love it so much. <laughs> Uh, moving on to our last one, which was the winner of 2018. That was In Wonderland by Christopher Hayden. It's a drama. Um, this one is a, a tale of a whole relationship seen through the shifting sands of Alice's memory. Um, again, a very poignant, heartbreaking, but fun as well. It's, oh, I'm loving how both these, the, well, we get an incredible amount of submissions into Exit 6, and what I love is how diverse they are. And then even if they kind of butt into the same genre, they're all completely different from one another. Mm. So um, I'm yeah. pleased to, um, to talk quite openly about this, but I'm going to hand this over to Paul. Okay, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, again, I watched this again quite recently, and it's definitely a grower, this one, I have to say. It, initially, I thought it was solid, uh, but it didn't engage me in quite the same way it has on second and third viewings, and I think now I've seen it a, a number of times, and certainly when we watched it in the uh, the big decision day, as we call it, when we decide what's going through to the, um, to the final six. I think that might have been the first time I'd seen it, actually, because we don't all get to see all of the films because of the amount of submissions we get. So I think, actually, on the, the actual big decision day was when I first saw it, okay. and it is yeah for anyone that's in a relationship or has been in love it's quite a hard watch in places I think and, and again just incredibly powerful very very well acted as well I thought I thought the, the two leads yeah off, that one's uh, uh, Louise Brealey who we would recognize from Sherlock and, um, and I've seen her on stage okay. in a play called Constellations which was again she, could, she does some really good heavy lifting with the emotional yeah. stuff um, and she's opposite Arthur Derville um, who people would recognise from Doctor Who. Um, so, Carl, your thoughts on, on in, in Wonderland? Yeah, I really liked it. Again, it was a lot like the way Spinosaurus hit me, is that it's, it's one of them things that it could have quite easily been done badly. This sort of spreading of time across 10 years into 10 minutes just feels you could have, you, well, you know, it could have been handled really badly, but this, you, you get the right um, chemistry between the two actors, and you've kind of hit the nail on the head there, really. Mm. It, yeah. It's got very clever time shifts, doesn't it? Because it it's does. not linear narrative yeah. at all. It kind of dots forward and back, and then it changes. Feels, it never feels like a gimmick. It, no. no. You'll feel, you, you're not ever trying... I hate those things when you're trying to work out, are you time, time jumping, yeah. are you not? Are you feeling, is that a memory, is that a flashback? In this, it doesn't really matter because it's all kind of tied together and it mm. all kind of feels natural. Um, yeah, it's it, it, one of those things, things that we, we, we all kind of unanimously sort of put our hands up and said, yeah, we want that one in the top six this year. Yeah, absolutely. And even the sort of little, small little bits in there where, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of trying for a baby and, 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 there's, and it's Christmas and then, you know, you kind of, all they have to do is a few little lines and you, you just get this little captive little moment and it, mm. and it move up, moves on. It, it, it all feels so natural. Yeah. Those little moments, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm very pleased to say that we have some audio of um, the director, Christopher Hayden, and the writer, Iona Ferrozbadi. I apologise, Iona. You've got a beautifully complicated surname, and I've, I've probably pronounced that completely wrong. Um, but here's the two of them talking with Rob Hayes. Please welcome uh, Christopher Hayden and Iona Ferrozbadi. Okay, um, I have no idea where to start with a film like that. So I've, I've watched it a few times, and when I was sort of preparing for this, I was like, where do you start? Because it's, it's, um, it's such a complex kind of narrative. And I thought that for me is, is, the, is the starting point. When you come to writing a film like this, especially I think it was your first film. Um, so the idea sort of came from sort of wanting to write a 10 minute 
film that covered 10 years. So that was sort of the initial idea. Um, and then we kind of, and then from there it sort of expanded into being about a relationship and the whole sort of 10 year like constraint of it didn't really come through in, in the film in the end. It sort of didn't, it wasn't important anymore, I guess. But that's kind of where it came from. And the idea that memories change over time. So you kind of, you have something that's really precious to you. And if you lose someone, you sort of want to hold on to those memories of that person. But they slip and they change. And the further away you get from the life that you had with them, the less clear those memories become sure. and the more kind of difficult it becomes to hold on. So that, that was sort of the, the idea. And in terms of as a challenge as a director to sort of take a script like that and sort of mapping it out, whether it's sort of storyboarding or what is the process of putting something like that onto screen? Um, well, it's the first like full scale short that I've made. I've done a couple of little micro films, but I'm mainly a theatre director and have spent the last sort of 12 years directing plays. So for me, most of this experience was going, this is really different from directing sure. plays. <laughs> and directing yeah. plays is really easy. Um, and I've directed some quite big shows and this is like harder than any of those things. So I think, um, I, yeah, I mean, we did an enormous amount of planning and thinking, and I spent a lot of time with my DP. So I own a trained as a DP, but obviously didn't shoot this. Mm -hmm. But a friend of hers from NFTS did shoot it. And I kind of, like when we make our next short, I'm definitely going to do even, like it's, I'm aware that it's gonna take even more planning. You know, I kind of, in theater, you're kind of, quite, I get quite used to sort of busking it and kind of no, thinking on my feet. Sure. And actually for a lot of the time with film, you can't do that, but, but I really enjoyed the kind of contrast between some of the scenes where you had to like really plan and like the scene when she's in the funeral and she, or in the wake and she goes out and comes back in had to be really tightly choreographed. But then when we were shooting the scene on the beach when they're playing football, which was the last thing we shot and we had an hour at the end of our final day and it had been quite an intense shoot and we'd been running behind, but we, we knew we had one hour to get it. Sure. And Arthur and Lou kind of got quite sort of demob happy. And I had a whole thing in my head about how it would work, but you give those two kind of amazing actors a football and a beach and they just come up with stuff that's much better. So all the leaping over him was all completely improvised. Yeah. So then actually that, in a way, that's where I felt much more like a theater director. I was like, oh, brilliant, well, we'll just do that. We can just do that again. Whereas I wasn't sort of having to kind of plan as much in advance. Sure, because so I was wondering how, how strict you sort of kept to the script and how much was invented um, on the day of shooting. I mean, th they did improvise quite a lot. Lou is, uh, who plays Alice, is a kind of, is a sort of been a friend of mine for a long time and is incredibly experienced in front of cameras. Um, and also a sort of quite a firecracker and a wild card in life. So she was sort of just improvising quite a lot of dialogue. And I was so busy just kind of focused on just trying to get the thing shot. I was like, it's fine, it's fine, whatever. Um, and then actually you get into the edit and you realize that some of the stuff that she comes up with works. But I would say like 90% of what they say is what you wrote. I was on set as well as doing like the stills photography. So Lou would sort of run things by me when you were like setting things up. So she, <laughs> but I think she just didn't want to sort of do something that would change the character. Like she always wanted to, whatever she was saying, she wanted to be within the world of the character that was created. You know, we were really lucky that, cause Arthur and Lou have never worked together and they both kind of done sort of, you know, Lou's done Sherlock, Arthur's done Doctor Who. They've both done their kind of big BBC things, but they've never, and so they both have these kind of weird cult followings on Twitter right. of people who love them and then got very overexcited when they found out they were in a film 
film together. <laughs> but they'd only met like once or twice before. But when we did a sort of half a day's rehearsal, they just had this incredible, like very, very instant chemistry, which I think really comes absolutely, across. Absolutely, absolutely. And so actually for a lot of the shoot, it was just about giving them space to, to be who they were. And, you know, they were way more experienced with cameras than I was. So in a way, I just had to kind of let them get on with it and trust that it would be okay. It certainly did uh, sort of turn out very well. I'm, I'm interested, are you planning to sort of collaborate again? Any future projects? What is next for you both? Uh, so we've got a, another short film that's been shortlisted for BFI funding at the moment. So we'll find out next week. Oh, wow. Whether we get that or not. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully, hopefully more stuff in the future. So I'm just sort of writing a feature at the moment. Is there anywhere where you can keep track of sort of updates on this? Oh, well, we have a, this film has a website. Yeah, it's in wonderlandfilm.com. Yeah, so okay. we'll sort of pull all the information up on there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for bringing such a wonderful film along. Thank the you scene. for having us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now that one was uh, the winner for 2018 and the winner was chosen by actor uh, Ben Gorman. So what we do have, thankfully, is a bit of audio from him because he couldn't join us on the night. But he did send us a lovely video message um, explaining who has won and why he's chosen them. Hello there, Ben Gorman here. I'm an actor and somebody who's been involved in uh, the industry for over 20 years. I can't believe it's been that long. During that time, I've been lucky enough to take part in uh, collaborate with uh, filmmakers in uh, feature films, but also short films. And it's uh, a medium which I love, I'm sure, along with the rest of you here today. And without further ado, I would like to put forward um, a film which really bowled me over with its emotional complexity from the very beginning. We've got to realise that these are uh, short form films. So anything that has an emotional resonance, um, uh, it can only be commended. And that film is... Uh, for me, In Wonderland, um, along with many of the other films uh, which were put forward, it has an immediate, a very distinct tone to it. The lighting immediately sets, um, sets up a world uh, which I entirely believed. Um, this is a film which uh, has a great amount of complexity to it, uh, great central performances from the actors and a real um, nuance and power. So that was Bern Gorman giving his reasons for choosing In Wonderland as winner of 2018. And that wraps up our discussion of all six. It may not be apparent, but we didn't purposefully choose three female filmmakers and three male filmmakers. I didn't even know that until you just mentioned it just now. Yeah, That's, yeah. It was, it's great. But. Yeah, I mean, there is, uh, uh, oh, you have to remind me, how many did we have on the judging panel last year? Was it nine, ten of us? We've had, we've added one more this year. Yeah, so there, there so was there was, there was yeah. nine of us last yeah. year, and we were a mixed bag, male, female, filmmakers, cineasts, and it really did show by um, how we've chosen the top six. It wasn't on purpose. It just no. felt very natural. They're just bloody good we, films. We, we pick films on their own merit, not yeah, own, basically. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm I, I don't know about you, but I like to watch films where that take me to a different way of seeing the world. Yeah. 
Definitely. I think that one of the bits I enjoyed most about being on the judging panel, because it was my first time last year, and obviously I'm back again this year, is just the, the variety of stuff and the variety of different filmmakers that, that you see is great. Even if you look at this top six, there's, there's, there's a lot of genres covered off, whereas sometimes I think people, quite, it's quite it's very easy to look and go, oh, that's a drama, so that gets a higher score. Like it's, mm. it, but we don't do that, which is, which is right. great. And again, I think the, the way the festival's judged, I mean, this sounds like a bit like we're blown her in trumpet, and perhaps we are, we are. but uh, we are, fair enough. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think the way the festival is judged is, is great. And I think it is, you know, it's, and that's part of my job this year is to make sure that you get male and female judges and you get filmmakers and cineasts looking at, yeah, to make yeah, sure it's balanced. So That is the only time that we really focus on making sure we've covered yeah. the different different types of people and, and things like that. But to, to have this top six and it just naturally being uh, pretty equal yeah. was really, really exciting. And I'm, I'm very pleased. I know there's an awful lot of... Um, uh, kind of rallying to get more female filmmakers making films and we are very proudly giving that platform to them. Future podcasts, but that's it on the top six. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was recorded and produced by Face TV and Telejuice with music by Joe Williams. 